Welcome to Easter Sunday, celebrated by Christians all around the world. And what is this all about, this little skit? Uh, I just want to assure you that even though three, four of our staff were, were in that, the staff are still okay. <laughs> the little skit is a small and simple way to share in a light-hearted way who Jesus is and what He has done. In what sense Jesus was not mentioned in the entire skit? It is based on who we are and what we have done to God that needed Jesus to come. And so you got animal, got talent. <laughs> and then you got Simon Cow. And then you got, what was the name? Meow Di Paw, is it? My goodness, where did you get the voice from? It's atrocious, Rian. Oh, sorry, I identified her under the thing. And then there was Howard Who. And then there's Shakira. And did you listen to Shakira and her cry? Very simple. No, why go to birthday parties? I go to anywhere. No one notices me anyway, so why go? And all I'm looking for in life, all you are looking for and I'm looking for, what are you looking for? You're looking for someone to love you. That's what at the heart of it, you're looking for someone to love you, you're looking for a reason to live, a purpose to live. And she hopes that the competition, she hopes that winning something will change her life forever. And that is all of us. If we win in something, we are good in something, our life will be full, our life will change, and I will wake up every day with purpose to live. And so she does. She does. Join the competition and she does move on. I don't know whether she actually wins. But you know the YouTube comments? You remember the YouTube comments? My dog can sing better. She looks like a potato. A skinny potato. She makes my ears want to die or go deaf. Am I the only one who hates her? These people are so mean. And friends, if you really want to be poisoned, if you really want to feel unhappy, you just have to go on social media or what people say about different things or yourself and your Instagram things and your Facebook or your TikTok and you can get either very happy or very sad. And so you know everybody, beginning with children, there is there's a war, you know? Can you tell me where the war is? Which country? Ukraine. It's very good. We've got young children here and can tell us straight away the war is in Ukraine. How much suffering, yeah, how much suffering do you think they are going through from day to day? A lot. They estimate about three million children have been separated from their fathers and mothers. Three million. The population of Singapore is about 5.6. It's about more than half of Singapore's population, the children of Ukraine, that has 20 over million people. And I saw this, or somebody sent it to me. I hope I can read it for you. And it's from this lady. And so this is Valeria von Cheska. And let me try to read what she wrote there. And... This is it. My aunt, it's impossible to imagine that my mother, her mother, who lost her parents and became orphan, so the mother lost her parents and became an orphan at seven years old. What happened? When? When she fought against Hitler, they fought against Hitler with the Russian people. 
Now her mother, who is 87 years old, have to hide in a haystack and hiding from who? From Russians. So about 80 years ago, it was the Russians who were their friends. 80 years later, it's the Russians who become their enemies. She can't believe this. Her mother has experienced both the love and the hatred, which tells you that in our hearts, we carry this great ability to do what? We carry this great ability to make war with one another in our hearts and our homes. And isn't that right? From the time you wake up in the morning, you may be upset with your brother or your sister. From the time you wake up in the morning, you notice that your daddy and mummy are having a silly quarrel. And that's our sin, our fallenness. But then, you know in the skit, Jack uh, said, what did Jack say? He said, why do you listen to all these negative comments? Why do you listen to all these human voices out there? Voices that make you want to make war from morning to night, right? And says, whose voice should I listen to? You should listen, all the other voices are actually noises. And you shouldn't listen to noise. The only voice that loves you is the voice of God. And so, Jack introduces Shakira to church. They've come to service to listen. And in church, the number one person we talk about is Jesus. When you read the Gospel of Mark, any Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they have only one purpose, to introduce you to Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, who do you meet? What do you meet? You meet the man with the most unparalleled, unmatched authority. He has great power to do what? He has great authority to do what? So we're going to hear four Bible passages being read. And after each Bible passage, you must say, I will ask you, what has Jesus come to do? And you must say immediately after the Bible passage, immediately after I ask you, Jesus offers new life. You want to try that? So the Bible passage is being read. Then Pastor Chris, or Uncle Chris, will ask you, what can Jesus do? And you answer, Jesus offers new life. Try that again. Okay, we're going to hear, be introduced to Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, how he started his ministry, how he continued his ministry, and finally how he ended his life. His life ended and his ministry ended. So the first Bible passage comes on. You hear a reading, you don't read, but you listen. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. So I asked, What can Jesus do? And what new life? Jesus is the only one who can come up to you, meet you at a coffee shop, meet you on the streets of Orchard Road and say, come and follow me and you drop everything to follow him. You try that? After service, you go somewhere at the bus stop, come, follow me. Nobody will follow you. They might call the police. The police might follow you. Passage number two, what can Jesus do? 
but that you may know that the Son of God, uh, the Son of Man, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Hmm. So what can Jesus do? And you answer? And what new life? Only Jesus can forgive us of sins. If you walk around and say, I can forgive you of sins, they will not just call the police, they will call a special unit called the Mental Health Institute. You can't forgive sins, I can't forgive sins, only God can forgive sins. Third introduction to Jesus. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed of demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Okay, so from this passage, what can Jesus do? And what is the new life? Only Jesus can destroy the works of the devil and demons and all are under him. And so when Jesus comes, he keeps pushing back, reversing the works of Satan and the works of Satan in a fallen world are diseases, demon possession, and finally leading us to death, separation from God. Fourth passage, listen. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Okay, all together now, what can Jesus do? Only Jesus can offer us new life. Only He can say to you, please die to the things of this world where you think if you win competitions or you win things, your life will change forever. You can win, but you ultimately lose. If you die to those things and then you follow Him in God's eyes, we are winners. So four introductions to Jesus' authority, His power, His power to call, his power to exercise from demons, His power to heal, His power to give you a new life. But then in the second part of Jesus' life, the last part of Jesus' life, recorded in Mark's Gospel, He goes from really popular, everybody is just attracted by His authority, so He goes from popularity to people really hating Him and in the end, killing Him. So we see Jesus losing His authority and finally we see Jesus dying on the cross. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means in Aramaic, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Forsaken means God turned his face from his son, and instead of punishing us, he punished Jesus. You only ever punish people who do you wrong. But Jesus never did any wrong against his father. And so there is now a barrier. What's the barrier between God and us, and us and God? So going back to the war in Ukraine, right? You must watch this news item. The news item where 
their children are boarding buses, they are boarding trains with their mothers, all the women are on board and the children. But the men, all men above 16 years old, have to stay back and fight for their country and if need be, die for their country. And there are tears everywhere. And as they should say goodbye to their children in the buses, their wives in the buses or in the trains, they, they can't touch them anymore because there's a barrier, there's a glass. Even though they want to touch each other and hug each other and say, I don't ever want to forsake you, I don't ever want to lose you, they can't. The glass barrier between us and God is sin. Ultimately, death separates us from God. And nobody can shatter that barrier apart from Jesus. So before Jesus died on the cross, you know what he did? At this place called the Garden of Gethsemane, at the Garden of Gethsemane, we see Jesus, who previously had total authority and control, loose, as it were, all authority and control because he was driven to his knees, he prayed, he wept. And so why did Jesus watch and pray? He watched and prayed against Satan's work to bring sin into the world and to bring death into the world, separating us from God forever. Jesus prayed for God's will to be done and God's will is, instead of punishing us, He punished His Son. So Jesus, who didn't do anything wrong, had to be punished on the cross. So why did Jesus die? Jesus died, the lowest reason is actually what? Jesus died because of our sin, our depravity. The highest reason, Jesus died to obey God's will, even though it was painful. And last but not least, what do you think Jesus, you know the cross, we have to explain this. This is the, the first time the cross was mentioned in Mark was in chapter 8, that he will die on the cross. The cross was the cruelest punishment the Roman rulers could do to criminals against Rome. And so they hung them on the cross through nails in their hands, through their hands and their feet. And so Jesus suffered physically. He also suffered, more importantly, he suffered a broken relationship with God. And you ever had a bad quarrel, you ever walk out of your house, you ever scolded somebody, your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, you will know the pain of broken relationships. And so in Jesus' death, what do we see? We see His humility. His humility was what pinned Him to the cross, hung Him to the cross. And that's so different to each of us. So humility empowered Jesus to obey God. Humility empowered and enabled Jesus to die for us, to be a sacrifice, to suffer for us. Now you think about that for your life. Every day, the things that you do, what enables you? What enables you in life is usually your pride. And so you look at Judas. What enabled him to betray Jesus? His pride, his love for money. What enabled Peter to deny Jesus? What enabled the disciples to desert Jesus? What enabled the chief priests to plot against Jesus? 
What enabled Pilate to sentence Jesus? What enabled the soldiers to beat Jesus? You know how many times they beat him? And they beat him so badly, right? They put a crown of thorns on his head. They beat him three times until he was so tired and overwhelmed. In all of those things, we see Jesus humanly, hey, his authority that he had, he no longer has. He was in charge. He taught and people were amazed. He healed and people were amazed. He exorcised people from demons and they were amazed and they followed him. But now, everybody abandoned him. And then you see how Jesus was abandoned all the way to his burial. So he died. And at the burial, an important thing happened. Notice, you want to read this together with me? I will read verse 40, then you read verse 41. Okay, I'll read verse 40. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, Jesus had healed her from demon possession. Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Joseph, and Salome. When he was in Galilee, uh, So, why do you think Mark, the writer, records this? And so they're following him at a distance, and the Romans, you know what, at a distance, they never allowed any witnesses who are watching crucifixion to mourn for the criminal. Why? Because their logic as the Roman rulers is that you shouldn't cry for anyone who is rebelling against the Roman emperor and the Roman empire. So at a distance, and most likely in silence. At the cross, what do you witness? Throughout Jesus' life for three and a half years, his inner circle, his closest friends, were the twelve, twelve what? Twelve men, twelve disciples. But at the cross, what do you find? It's women, women everywhere, and men nowhere. He says, that sounds like the kitchen. That sounds like where? That sounds like many places. Women, women everywhere. Of course, in John's Gospel, it records that John was there, but all the others had really fled. And why is this important that God records in His Word that only women were there? Because women were not credible as witnesses. 2,000 years ago in Jewish society, if you want something to be proven as a fact, say, hey, there's a great sale in town, huh? everything has been reduced to 90%, right? If a man tells you that 2,000 years ago, it's credible, it's a fact. But if women tell you there's a 90% sale, right, cannot believe. Because their witness, their evidence is in Malay here, no Pakai. It's not credible. So why did God choose, right, allow women to be witnesses so that they will be incredible witnesses. In human terms, they are not credible. Why will they be incredible? Now, I want you to pay attention a little while more, right? Because this death of Jesus is followed by the burial of Jesus before we can understand the resurrection of Jesus. And why is the burial of Jesus so important? Take a look at this. 
And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. And for the Jewish, so what is our Sabbath day here? Our Sabbath day is usually a Sunday. Through 2,000 years of church history, Sunday. But the Jewish Sabbath day begins on Friday evening and ends on Saturday evening. And we see there's a problem. There is a crisis. You know what our problem is? The crisis is, children, we have COVID, but we got no masks. In the early days, that was a problem. We got COVID, but we got no, but we got no vaccines. That's a problem. No longer a problem in Singapore, but still a problem in many poor countries. People still haven't gotten their first shot. You know what was the problem of crisis then? The problem of crisis is this. You need to understand. In Jewish law, God said in His Word, if someone is guilty of a capital offence, it's put to death, their body is exposed on a pole, you must not leave the body hanging on the pole overnight. Be sure to bury it on the same day. So if someone is punished, right, in Israel, and then anyone who's hung on a pole is under God's curse, you must not desecrate the holy land, then you must not spoil the holy land the Lord your God is giving you as inheritance. And so if you do punish someone this way, you must bring the body down and give them a decent burial, right? But in Roman law, the Romans denied burial for all criminals crucified on the cross. So if you follow Jewish law, you must bring down the body and give the person a burial. But in Roman law, if you're crucified on the cross, no burial for you. And so, Jewish law and unburied corpse corrupts the land, spoils the land. Roman law, denial of burial. And guess what? The Sabbath is near. So this problem is unsolvable for the women. You may be faithful, but you are helpless and you are futile. Whatever you think of and whatever you do is not going to help you. And so, why is this important? Then, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, you know the council? is the highest body of leaders, and all of them had just sentenced Jesus to be crucified. And Joseph... He was different to them. He was looking for, what are you looking for? You're looking, he was looking for the kingdom of God. And then he must have heard Jesus preaching in the temple and he concluded that this man must be from God. So he became very brave. He went to ask Pilate, the governor, the Roman governor, uh, can I have the body of Jesus? And then Jesus asked the centurion, is Jesus, and Pilate asked the centurion, is Jesus dead? Because usually they hang there and it takes two, three days for them to slowly die in all that pain. And Pilate was surprised that Jesus had died. And so, why is this important? The unsolvable problem, the Jewish law says must be buried, the Roman law says cannot, the Sabbath is near, you cannot do anything. So will Jesus get a burial? Then God sends Joseph, which tells you what? That God is in charge of the big picture 
of saving the world, God is also in charge of every small thing in your life. When they seem to be totally hopeless, God sent Joseph a repetier. He was a hidden disciple. He started to be very interested in the authority of Jesus. And then at his death, he found courage to openly say against his other leaders that he believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And so, notice the words there. The woman went to the tomb on the third day, and then there's an angel sitting there, and the angel says to them, You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where he laid. You know why all that is important? All the bold words, he was crucified, he has risen, is God's way of saying three important truths. And the three important truths are, Jesus didn't pretend to die. He truly died. Jesus was truly buried in the tomb and is no longer here. Jesus is truly risen from the dead. That's so important here for us to realise. And so what is the gospel truth? The gospel truth is this, that God is able to turn Good Friday where His Son dies because of our sin, because of Satan's work, because it's God's will for Him to die on our behalf to save us. So you must realise, unlike Shakira and the world and all of us, we try to win by winning. We try to change life by winning. For us, for Jesus and all who believe in Jesus, we win by losing. Right? And so now we're going to listen to a video, a testimony. Remember just now we read four Bible passages. And after every Bible passage, what did you say? Can you remember? Jesus offers new life. And after hearing this about Jesus, from introduction to him and his authority, to his cruel death on the cross where he showed, where he showed like he had no authority, he was not in charge, to his burial, to his missing body, you ask, can Jesus offer us anything? He couldn't save himself. They laugh at him. Can he save us? Does this work? We now listen to this testimony. We dim the lights. And listen to this. Hi, I'm Andy. Yeah, I'm 48 years old. Uh, married to Wendy. Attending ARPC and also DG, uh, led by Jason, Chris and Andy Yo. I was first introduced to Christianity when I was 6 years old. During that time, doesn't mean anything to me. I attended with my family, my mum and my siblings, until primary school. While I was in secondary two, I backslided and I became idol worshipper. I was involved in loan sharking. My first loan sharking was when I was in the army. I actually loaned out some of money to people in my camp and they will pay me the interest uh, on the 10th, which is the payday. Uh. Slowly, uh, it, start, it, it, it kicks off to, to uh, collecting bets, be it football, 
be it uh, 4D or Toto. That was in my 20s. I lead a high life. Money was easy. And with my gift of tongue, I'm able to obtain a firearm. Many thoughts run through my head when I had that firearms in my possession. Thoughts of vengeance, also insecurity, that led me to, to have uh, this weapon in my possession. And also to avoid arrest, even at the point of arrest, uh, this weapon uh, is a means for me to end my life. Even at this point, I want to be in control of my life. Within 24 hours, SWAT team came to my place while I was sleeping. They, they, they bashed into my house and I have about more than 10 assault rifles aiming at me. So I was arrested and I was sentenced to 14 years. My heart was full of bitterness, unforgiveness, loss of anger. In prison, I have 23 hours to myself. After I read all the novels that I have, left only with the Bible, I pick it up and I read cover to cover many times. The first few read of the Bible give me a lot of head knowledge. I am able to challenge counsellor at chapel service or Bible study. Yeah. I remember in 2012, at my fourth or fifth reading of the Bible, it became a love letter to me. I was already in A3, I went to chapel service, um, I saw John Ting and his team. That is when uh, yeah, I collided with yeah, PC. I pray each and every time that all this word will not return void to him and to bear fruits in my life. In end of 2012, I transferred to B4. I thought that was the last time I see of ARPC. But amazingly, on the first service that I attend in chapel, I saw ARPC team again. End of 2013, I was granted a placement program to see whether I can go for a home tagging. Lots of officers and uh, inmates uh, uh, tell me that my case is impossible. It's a capital case. But anyhow, I just pray and leave everything in God's loving hand. Amazing, I got a one-year program. So instead of release in 2015, I was on a home tagging in 2014. August. Six months before my release, I pray day and night for three things. First, I pray for a supervisor that will oversee my one-year program to be God-fearing, to, God, to be God-loving. I pray for a, a boss in my workplace to be God-fearing, to be God-loving. The same thing I pray that God lead me to a church that is God-fearing and God-loving. The officer who is in charge of me during my one-year program, amazingly, he approved all my requests for bus ministry for me to attend, uh, approved my Easter and Christmas service, which extend my going home up till 2359. When I was released, I started work with Deacon Bryan. God granted my second prayer by connecting myself with Bryan even in 2012 in prison. So when I was placed on a job, Bryan readily employed me. So from there, I have worked my longest job in my life, which is already eight years. And my third request, when I was released on program, I church hop because I wanted to visit every church that came 
that I encounter over my, my so many years in prison to visit all the counselors and yet so, so faithfully uh, brought me back to ARPC every time. I became a member in 2015. I stayed in ARPC since then. After three years in ARPC, we hardly knew anyone. My wife, Wendy, prompted me a question. Should we join JFM and then look for a discipleship group so that we can have a family out of the church family, bigger family? That's when we visited discipleship group with uh, Jason. DG. Discipleship group is very important to me. I need to surround myself with God's people. Also, I need to fellowship with the right people, sharing together God's word, giving thanks. And I realized that I grow, I learn in a discipleship group context. Christ on the cross took away my guilt and shame. It restored my self-esteem. I start to be more vocal in the DG. Slowly but surely, this year, I coded a book. It is God's grace. Today, um, I can lead the study. For those still thinking whether to join a, a discipleship group, my advice is get into one as soon as possible. There's so much encouragement, so much love in a DG. There is a lot of things we can learn in a smaller body of Christ. It's like our extended family. It means a lot to myself and Wendy. I, I'm sure it, it, you, you will come to realize that. Yeah. So let me ask you the question that we asked four times. What can Jesus do? And so from Shakira in the play to real life, it's still happening. Jesus has the authority. We think that we are free, and when we're free to find our own life, we actually become slaves. And just to show that it is for real, Andy is here. Andy, you want to stand up? Yeah. And Brian, his employer, is also here, and Brian's there. <laughs> and so the scene ends in Mark chapter 16, and the, the angel tells them, go and tell the disciples, Jesus will meet you in Galilee. Why is that important? Because all the disciples have betrayed him. Why would Jesus, betrayed by his disciples, want to meet them? It shows you free and full forgiveness of sins that Jesus has come to give. Which leads us to a very important truth. And the important truth is, you and I, don't forget, we are masters of turning our enemies, our friends, into enemies. But Jesus on the cross shows us that he is the expert and master of the opposite, of turning our enemies into friends. Because He died for us. He took God's punishment. He forgave us the sin. So what can Jesus do? Only Jesus can offer you a new beginning. Amen? And so the question is, do you believe this? Do you believe this in your life? Even now, I want to invite you to pray to believe in Christ if you haven't.
Because Jesus did come into the world, He did suffer, He did die for us. And there's a final thing for me to show you. Right? God is in the centre, and God should be in control of our lives from the time He created us. And Jesus comes, and Jesus should be the centre of your life. We think that when we are in the centre, we are free and we are full to find a new life by ourselves. And so, do we have this? Final picture? Yep. We got to watch and pray as to who is in charge of our life. And watch and pray who is in charge of our life. Very important that we get this. Here, this pause here. Why did Jesus... Right, we go backwards. Yeah, yeah, oh, fine. Just pause there. It's all right. Yeah. One, <laughs> one day I was minding our granddaughter, right? And she's about to turn a year old. It's about a month or two old. And, you know, we had a playpen. I was with her in the playpen. Then I think I was clearing up the toys. I looked down. And the moment she was outside the playpen. So she's supposed to be in there for her safety but I found myself in the pen. And sometimes we are like that. And if this carried on, not that she was naughty, she just, somebody carried her out, or she, she crawled out. But imagine if I didn't notice this, and she was free to just roam, to go wherever she wants, and do anything she wants, she will be in grave danger. Andy thought he was free to do whatever he wanted. He thought that learning about God in, in, uh, since six years old, it didn't mean anything to him. And so he started to backslide and became an idol worshipper. He was free and full to change his life and fulfill his life. Then he started to be wise. He got a quick tongue, started uh, being a lone shark and did all sorts of things and then arrested in jail for 14 years. And then he never read the Bible, but now in prison, he finally found time to use his freedom the right way. Use his freedom to listen to God's Word. The first time he read it, the first few times, it was simply to challenge his counsellors. But finally he read it and realised that the Bible was God's love story and love letter for him. That's where his life changed. And how did he become set free? Pray for the most impossible details of his life, and the impossible details each came true. He prayed three prayers, right? And every one came true. Jesus was Lord of his big plan of salvation, and Jesus was Lord of the small details of his life. When you put Jesus at the center of all things, your life is truly free and full. So in a few moments, I'm going to lead us in closing prayer. I pray that in understanding Jesus, you will give your life to Him. For those of us who think ourselves as Christians, may this Easter really be a rededication of your life. A rededication in what way? That you watch and pray you will never let down your guard against Satan's temptation, against your sinfulness, that you will always seek to please God.
in your life. Let's go to God in prayer. So all of us are going to try to be quiet for a while. I know there are children here. It may be a bit difficult. But we'll try. God's family includes children. A loving Heavenly Father, we admit, we confess that without you, when we don't listen to you, we are always making war in our hearts with each other. So we are sorry for making wars in our hearts with our kokos, our titis, with our daddy and mummies, that we can be so disobedient. We are sorry that this war carries on to big wars like in Ukraine, where we do so much harm to each other, where we take each other's life. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that in your perfect time, you send Jesus, and Jesus has come so that his humility will cancel our pride. That so many things we do in our life to find change, to find happiness, to find love, ultimately fail. We thank you that Jesus came in humility Jesus suffered and Jesus died on the cross. In dying on the cross, He destroyed the devil's work. He forgave me of my sin. He obeyed the Father's will. I pray to believe in Jesus as my Saviour and my Lord. And from this point onwards, not try to change my life by myself, not try to find love by myself, not try to overcome my heart and my war in my heart by myself. I will believe in Jesus every day and forever. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, because Jesus alone can offer new life. Amen. Amen.